Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Hola. <laughs> is it hola or hola? I like you're to offending, say hola. Yeah, like, you're offending all of our Hispanic oh, or our Spanish speaking. Spanish folks. speaking. Yes. Yes. Sorry. No. I was calling you a hoe and saying la at the same time. Oh, it's hola. like that. It's no, like that. It's like that. It's like that. <laughs> I must have done something. <laughs> no, it's a term of endearment oh. when I call you a hoe. <laughs> Use a hoe. Use a hoe. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is not PG. Usually we keep it PG. I know. It's because we're recording in the afternoon and we usually record in the morning. So usually we're kind of like a little bit calmer. But today it's like nice weather and like it's we're the squirrely. Afternoon. We're squirrely because we're yeah. in a like we're in an enclosed studio and yeah. we're, we're like itching to get outside. Yeah, totally. So we're going to talk about genetic testing today, which we've had a lot of people that wanted us to talk about it. So did you have any genetic testing done when you? I did. Okay. Right when I was diagnosed, I think it was like one of the very first things that I did. Mm-hmm. was bracket testing and i remember i got the choice between like the full panel and then like just the nine or something mm-hmm. what'd yeah. you do i mean i would assume you went full <sighs> Gosh, i have no idea probably the full i mean I don't, yeah. you're not like a halfway person no. you're not gonna be like oh yeah leave off like 10 mark. yeah i think i did the full yeah i'm pretty sure i did the bracket testing too i think it's pretty standard once you get diagnosed with breast cancer they yeah almost i, I think they always do it because yeah. they want to know if you're at high risk so yeah. i did that and then i did the breast cancer index test we're going to talk about today the mental health implications of doing these tests. Yep. And then we're going to talk about what the different tests are. So that when they're offered to you or right. when you learn about or them. Or if you learn about them. Yeah. yeah. And then some of the pros and cons of this testing, because I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about. It is. It seems like a black and white decision, but not always. Mm-mm. But before okay. we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Thriven is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. Thriven believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. All right, and we're back. So, Sarah, how do you feel about genetic tests that tell you if you're predisposed to something like not even breast cancer like now they've got tests yeah for alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and parkinson's and breast cancer well okay so here's what i think about genes in general is that i think i think genes what what is that analogy where like genes load the gun and the environment and lifestyle pull the trigger right okay so that's the analogy and that's how i think about it which means that plays into how i think about these things and it is something to think about if it's something that's in your family like we have a little bit of alzheimer's or alzheimer's which i have a hard time saying alzheimer's in our mm-hmm. family and i think if there was a test that's going to say yet yeah, definitively yes or no whether i'm going to have it but i wouldn't trust that definitively yes or no i would have it because like i just said it's my lifestyle that would implicate whether i would get it so 
I don't. I mean, I don't sort of. There's, there's like with some of these mutations, it's a mutation, right? Totally. So yeah. it's not lifestyle. <laughs> definitely plays a part. My thing is, is like, okay, let's say you take a test and it says that you're predisposed to Alzheimer's. Yeah, but what's and, the percentage of predisposition? Because like even with BRCA. I mean, I think BRCA, the stats are pretty high, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like 90% it's chance you're going to get breast cancer or ovarian cancer if you... That's why women are, like, proactively... But, like, like what is... what is, Like, there, there's a reason why they ask you within every single appointment, like, do you have heart disease in your family or do you have blood pressure, like, any kind of blood pressure issues in your family? And mm-hmm. it's like, my family is riddled with blood push, pressure issues. Me? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, most breast cancers are not genetic. No. So... No. Most, not these days. Most you think breast they are. cancers are not genetic. If most breast cancers aren't genetic, that means they're environmental, correct? What well, other alternative is there? Yeah. I, if yeah. they're not genetic, they have to be. They have to be environmental. Environmental and life. I feel like you have to play with lifestyle. Because That's the same thing. Uh, environmental, yes, the things that are around you, but you could live in like the middle of a farm and eat pesticide free and yada, yada, yada. But if you put crap on your skin and eat crap then i know but there's so many women that we know that don't eat that way that that are very holistically minded that have been doing all the quote-unquote right things and they still get breast cancer i yeah i feel like we veered off like i feel like we (laughs) veered off i feel like we need to go back in terms of like knowing here's here's my concern with these tests is what it does to your mental health yeah that's the concern i have totally can you do anything about it you're gonna say yes I just think this decision is not black and white. It's definitely not black and white. I just think it's a slippery slope. It's like as we keep advancing medically and you can go in and just analyze your whole genome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be terrifying. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody has the propensity for cancer. It's literally Mm -hmm. a matter of if your cells divide Mm -hmm. and you don't repair it, Mm -hmm. which is what some of these tests do. So let's talk about that. Like the BRCA gene and the CHECK2 gene. If you have a significant history of breast cancer in your family, a lot of times these mutations are are the culprit. So basically, they make you way more susceptible to getting breast cancer and other cancers. So these are both blood tests. But basically, they use DNA to identify harmful changes or mutations in these genes. And anybody that has these mutations is at an increased risk. And it's uh, and usually it's like all female cancers, right? I think for BRCA, it's mostly ovarian and breast cancer. But right. like the CHECK2 gene can be multiple cancers. Oh, interesting. I, I believe. <clears throat> CHECK2 is kind of a newer test. Like mm-hmm. I I only recently started hearing more and more women say, can you do a podcast on CHECK2 because I have that gene? Like hmm. it feels like a more recent thing. Yeah. The CHECK2 is a tumor suppressing gene. So it basically protects cells from being cancerous. So basically like if your cells divide, then... If you don't have these mutations, then your body can repair itself. Uh-huh. But if you have a problem with one of these genes, it might not be able to do that. Oh, interesting. And so that's okay. what causes cancer to grow out of control is if you have this mutation, you can't repair yourself like other people can. Gotcha. And, it, and that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know that environment's going to help you on that front. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it does. I, I don't know. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably. We don't know. We have no answer. <laughs> no. But I mean, most people who carry a mutation in check two have one normal copy of the gene and one mutated copy. So because kids inherit one copy of each gene from mm-hmm. e- each of their parents, you have a 50% chance of passing it on to your kids. Mm. And I actually have a friend and she and her sister are both positive for check two. Her sister's already had multiple cancers. Mm. I 
think she had a preventative double mastectomy. And I'm sure my friend's thinking in the back of her mind, like, am I going to have to do something preventative? Gosh, that's just like such a terrible way. Like when you're, you know, anybody in your family that you're close with, like you, you have to start thinking about that pretty early on in life. That's such a huge decision. Oh, I know. Well, that so recently my sister-in-law because we have a lot of breast cancer on my husband's side. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my mother-in-law's family has a lot of breast cancer. And so my sister-in-law recently texted and said, hey, I think everybody should get tested for BRCA and mm-hmm. these genetic mutations. She's like, mine came back fine. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, should I get tested? And I'm like, yeah, I think you get tested. And Well, yeah, but if what if, if his mom got tested, then he wouldn't have to get tested. I don't think she did. I don't oh, well, if she would just get tested, then no one else would have to get tested. <laughs> I think <laughs> if you convi- go to the top, <laughs> I think to convince her to test is going to be the problem. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is to well, get- I mean, maybe she's on this black and white. She just doesn't. Her her sister died of breast cancer and her other <sighs> sister had breast cancer. Yeah. So she I mean, I can imagine that there's a pretty big fear factor just to get tested. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of yeah. people would rather not know. And that goes back to my previous yeah. point about the slippery slope. Like, yeah. do you want to live with the knowledge? Because let me tell you, if I had my girls tested, mm-hmm. if I I tested negative. Yeah. Same. But let's just say that, I don't know, Garrett, I was positive or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I have my girls tested and they're positive and I know this when they're like 15, 16 years, I, I hate the idea of knowing that yeah. information. Yep, yep, yep. It feels icky. Yeah. I don't have. Yeah, but it might help you in like, you know, like in our last episode, just like controlling the things that you can control. I know. And and, and so most, a lot of women, a lot of women, you can either be hypervigilant. Yeah. Like if you know you're positive for these genes, you can be hypervigilant. You can get mammograms every six months. Right. You can get MRIs. You can you can do all these things to try to catch it as early as possible. Or I'll never forget the person that reached out to me when I got diagnosed was kind of more of an acquaintance. We didn't know each other well. Our moms knew each other. But she had had a preventative double mastectomy because she had the BRCA gene and every woman in her family had gotten breast cancer. Yeah. And she had just been through it so much. And <sighs> she was just like, uh-uh, nope, yeah. I'm not dealing with this BS. Yep. And she yep. just had a preventative. And we actually have somebody else that we know, Casey, that had yep. a preventative because she was very susceptible to mm-hmm. getting breast cancer. So women are choosing to do this more mm-hmm. and more. I just, it's just... The idea of knowing that information makes me yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. wonder how that feels, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, before we kind of go into uh, some additional tests that exist out there and the implications with that, you want to do Boobs in the News? Let's do it. All right. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. All right. This says embarrassing dad mistakes daughter's bra cups for snack bowls <laughs> wow were they hard no and that's what makes it funny look at this picture oh my gosh see that i he- mean i guess yeah sure you could use like a little paper towel that you could use like a little oh my gosh so those inserts they're the ah! they're like the bathing suit inserts you know And so anyway, it says one dad has gone viral on TikTok for cluelessly mistaking his daughter's padded bra inserts for food bowls and filling them with snacks. And on the video, people, he's got two very frothy drinks with like her cups full of pretzels. It says in the six second clip, which has been viewed over 1.3 million times, user Emily Vogel shows herself looking mortified as she realizes her dad did not grab the intended snack bowls when setting the table. Where were they that he thought they were snack bowls? 
I mean, she like she did he said, like go to the laundry looking for a snack bowl? She said my dad found my bathing suit pads drying and thought they were little snack bowls. Oh man, that's cute. I mean, <laughs> I feel like men that are surrounded by women at home, it's just like that's you poor hilarious. souls. You're so and so it like literally this dude's a boob. Totally. It totally fits. Has your dad ever like, I mean, my dad grew up in a house full of women. I mm-hmm. only have a sister. So mm-hmm. it was my mom, me and my sister. There was a lot of estrogen going mm-hmm. on. I'm trying to think if, if my dad, if I ever had like an embarrassing run in with my dad regarding like female stuff. I No, my dad, I think, just avoided all that. That's what the I was going to say. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, uh-huh. there was no conversations. Like, yeah. he didn't do the laundry. Yeah. There were no discussions about growing up or changing. Yeah. Like, there was none of that. Yeah, yeah. I think avoidance was the name of the game there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. There's yeah. your boobs. <laughs> boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. We're back. All right, so I talked about taking the BCI test. Did you take the breast cancer index test? No idea what that is. Okay. <laughs> so unlike BRCA and the check 2, which are blood tests, this test takes a piece of your tumor, and oh, it tells you right. if, yeah. if okay. you're likely to benefit for more hormone therapy. So typically this is something that's done like after, five years mm-hmm. down the road after your tumor's been taken out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you would be getting this test now. Had, right. You know, if you want it was it- offered to me. Okay. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so when I was getting, when I was approaching year five with hormone therapy, I was getting so excited about quitting. Like I was yeah. like, yes, I'm coming up. Jumping on, ship. I mean, the last, I was so meticulous about taking the pill every single day. I never missed a dose. I mean, I was so compliant. It was insane. I had extras in the car in case I went somewhere and forgot. I mean, I was just the most compliant patient ever. But when I got near that five-year mark, I mean, within the last three weeks, I was finding it so hard to swallow those last, like, yeah. you know, yeah. that last prescription. Like, what's the point of three more weeks? Well, I was so <laughs> excited to quit. And then as I was approaching five years, my oncologist was like, I think you should do 10. And I was, I was like, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, nope. I don't want the hot, you know, I don't want any of that. So she said, well, why don't we do the breast cancer index test and see if you'd be benefit? And I will be honest with you. My mind was made up. Yeah. It, it did not matter to me. Point. Yeah. I, I agreed to do the breast cancer index test, but I already said in my mind, like, I don't care what this test says. I'm not right. doing it. Yep. It came back. She said, it's not likely to benefit you to have another five years, which if I was wanting to look into that more, maybe that's bad news from their perspective. But for me, I was thrilled to death. Wait, why would that be bad news? Because hormone therapy only works for like 50% of women anyway. Uh-huh. And I'm just wondering if maybe I wasn't the person. <laughs> so you took it for five years and it really did nothing? No. I mean, oh. there's a 50% chance it wasn't going to prevent that's a true. recurrence anyway. But I'm just saying like maybe like if you're likely to benefit, it keeps your cancer away. Whereas yeah. some women, it doesn't do yeah. anything for them. Yeah. So maybe the point was like, man, we don't really feel like this was going to do much for you anyway. I, so this, So I feel like I was kind of in the same boat. Like I knew I was going to come off of mine. Mm-hmm. And so it was offered to me then as well. Like she ju- actually just offered it to me back when I saw her in December, which was just a couple months ago. And, and I was like, I mean, I don't know that it would really matter. And this was the exact conversation that I had is that like, I don't know that it would really matter if it said that I was going to benefit or not. Like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So, and you have to like everything with these medicines is a percentage. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you're only going to benefit 2% for five years of your life, like for me, 
I'm like, mm, that ain't worth it. You yeah. know, I mean, everybody's percentages are different. Everybody's yeah. threshold for tolerance is different. Yep. But this breast cancer index reports two different results. How likely the cancer is to come back five to 10 years after diagnosis. And if you're likely to benefit from taking hormone therapy for a total of 10 years. All she told me was you're not likely to benefit from an additional five years. She did not tell me how likely it is to come <laughs> back in five to 10 years. And I didn't ask and I don't care. And that yeah. goes back to our previous mm. conversation about how much do you want to know? Yeah. She could tell me I have a 90% chance of it coming back and I don't want to totally. live like that. Yeah. I'm not going to live like that. Yeah. So that's information and I credit her. She didn't offer up mm-hmm. that percentage and yeah. I'm glad. I don't yeah. want to know it. Because you live, you kind of live into it. Once once somebody has given you the news, you live into it regardless of like how you live your life anyway. What does that mean? Meaning like <clears throat> if somebody was to tell you you have six months left to live, mm-hmm. well, then sure, you've made up your mind. That's how much time you have left to live because that's what somebody told you. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. But Self- if somebody, no, yeah, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. But if nobody, if somebody was like, if in their mind they thought you had three months left to live and they're like, you could live a long, healthy life, then great. Then you're going to live like you have a long, healthy life. So I was doing research for another podcast episode and gosh, I wish I had it in front of me so that I could be 100% accurate. But the short story was that there was a man in the 70s whose doctor told him that he had advanced stage cancer and he had mm-hmm. six months left to live. Mm-hmm. The he man spent all his money. And- huh? <laughs> the man, like to the nose, like on the sixth month, the man died. Uh-huh. They found out in the autopsy he did not have cancer. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it's like the anti, they, they, they call it the anti-placebo effect. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the you obviously, you know, the placebo effect, right? Like obviously. People think they've got yeah, benefit yeah. when they're yeah. taking sugar pills, right? Yeah. Like the mind is that powerful. Totally. Placebo, I, won- doctors, I 100% yeah, believe Doctors that. will admit that the placebo effect is a real thing. Yeah. Anti-placebo is the same thing. This man wow. thought he was dying. He died. And he had no, no cancer. Yeah. And that's happened more than once when people are misdiagnosed and die because of their perception that they're dying. So all that to say. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing with the breast cancer index. If you want to take it, because some people are data people and that's how they like to make their decisions and that makes them feel comfortable, which we 100% support. Sarah and I are not by any means like telling you what to do. But the eligibility for that is if you were diagnosed with early stage, like I think one to three breast cancer, your cancer is hormone receptive positive. There was no cancer in your lymph nodes or it was in like one to three lymph nodes mm-hmm. and you've been taking hormone therapy for like four or five years and you want to know, you know, yeah. if, if you're likely to benefit. So that's I, I did do the test, but I had my mind made up pretty much. Yeah. From from the get go. Totally. Yeah. So the one that we talked briefly in our previous podcast with Jamie was the Guardian reveal test, which the reveal test gosh i have very mixed feelings about this test based on my interactions with patients Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah so this is a blood test that detects circulating tumor dna in early stage like colorectal breast and lung cancer so basically you so here's how it worked for jamie jamie took the test and it said that there was no residual disease in her blood right which is what you want to hear yep that that worked out okay for Jamie, right? Mm-hmm. I had another patient who had done everything the doctors told her to do. Double mastectomy, chemo, radiation, all the drug therapy. And for whatever reason, and that sounds a little judgy, I don't mean it, but it's like she took this test. Yeah. 
and it came back positive that she has residual disease in her blood. Uh huh. What can she do about it? <sighs> right. So she inc- really regrets getting. So she's it. spiraled, probably thinking she's going to be metastatic. Like it's going to come back. I'm going to die from this. It's going to be metastatic. It's going to be horrible. Blah 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 wow. blah. I mean, because she has circulating DNA. So wait, what? Do, what was she early stage or? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could see how that could spiral you. Yeah. And so she was, she actually was being very vocal to other people, like, just think about it before you do it. Because So what did they tell her to do? Well, that's kind of the problem with the medical community is then all of a sudden you, you're told, well, you're under surveillance. And so you're just sent out into the world on your own with that knowledge. (laughs) Now, to your point, you know, like, you're always like, well, what about lifestyle changes? What about environmental changes? That's when I would get super laser focused on that if if you hadn't before. Mm -hmm. But you're still living with the knowledge. That it's in you. That it's in you. And And you're kind of doing those things out of fear instead of out of just a desire to be healthy. Right. Yeah. I Which don't. Which is not, not a good driving force. I don't think it's yeah. good. Now, wow. now, when you do it, like, in Jamie's situation and other patients, they're trying to decide, do I need chemo? Yeah. Do I need radiation? And I could see the benefit for it, like, in the... I, I feel like when I was diagnosed, it was kind of... Although I've been told now I was treated really aggressively, but now a lot of people who are stage one, cancer is kind of either on the table or off... Or chemo is now either on the table or off the table. And I feel like it would be potentially a really could be a valuable test if you are one of those people who is like on the fence about chemo kind of like jamie was well mm-hmm. she wasn't on the fence she knew she didn't want to do it but like but if you're on the fence about doing chemo and it, or even your doctor is on the fence about whether you would qualify as stage one for doing chemo it might be potentially but, but then you then. do it okay so it comes back positive you do chemo you take the test six months later it's positive again yeah i mean but that's kind of like i mean that's any medical that's any kind of medical intervention. That's why I'm saying, like, I mean, call it emotional avoidance, but I'd be like, nope. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I agree. It, I, it would be very specific, the situation that I would think would. This is how our metastatic be... friends feel. Like, yeah. our metastatic friends have been told that they have incurable breast cancer, and they're just always waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. This is the PTSD that they live with. Yeah. And now you're introducing it to people who haven't. Early re- stage. <laughs> yeah, well, you're introducing it Every to stage. the general population, to the people yeah. that haven't recurred yet. So now yeah. you're just spreading the mental angst. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I have weird feelings about this. I'm surprised this test isn't something that they're offering to just anybody. I mean, they're probably going to get to that point. Yeah, right. I know one of the hospitals is now they're doing a they're really touting it. They're really marketing it like it's a cancer like screening. Yeah. Like you can get screened now for lung cancer like super early. Like yeah. you, it's a blood test or yeah. there's like another one where you can like basically say, oh, we caught it so early. And the idea that is that you catch yeah. it so early, you can treat it so right. early. Yeah. Which feels a little bit different. Yeah. That feels different. Then you've been diagnosed and now you're trying to figure out how to live your life. Yeah. I guess is this this test is it specific it's specific to you said colorectal breast and lungs lung cancer for this one yeah. I believe so yeah okay gotcha. I think they think there could be implications so for I others. would be curious if they would offer that to say I was like I was a female and I went in there and had this done how would you know which it is <laughs> uh well I think they're I doing then it you'd be like no, okay no, no, now no. go get a they're doing it for people who have already been diagnosed right well I'm saying if this comes out as something that they would 
offer for preventative oh, care. Oh, well, they yeah. do have other blood tests that are doing that already. It's just not yeah. this one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, but then again, it's like, okay, so you caught my lung cancer so early that there's no tumor. What <laughs> What are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What right. are you doing about it? Yeah. I don't think our medical community is equipped to answer that. No, I don't think so. So why are we doing tests <laughs> that we can't, like you give somebody this devastating news and then be like, well, we're just going to surveillance you until it shows yeah. up and then we'll do what we always did. Yeah. How does that make sense? This feels like preventative care. That's that's mentally like a mind trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. causing mental angst. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. So if you test positive for an inherited genetic mutation here, here's the thing. So your test comes up positive. You're BRCA positive. You're check two. You could feel anxious. <laughs> angry sad depressed i mean we've overwhelmed i mean (laughs) we've talked to patients who are like i did it because i was told to do it but i didn't think or i wasn't counseled about how i'd feel when i got the news yeah so there is something called genetic counseling and theoretically you're supposed to get counseling that kind of says this is what it is this is how you might feel if you hear this answer and kind of prepare you but that doesn't always happen right so some people do not get tested for genetic mutation because they have concerns over insurance discrimination. Mm -hmm. We actually have a member who that was her. She highly suspected that she had the BRCA gene just due to her her family history. But she and her husband didn't want to get denied life insurance. And she was very young. So they said, well, we'll just put off the BRCA test until after we get insured. Yeah. They the following year she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Shortly thereafter, she got stage four diagnosis. Yeah. So this is all things that that happen every day strained family relationships Mm -hmm. like you know if i mean just talk about your family right now (laughs) that's what i'm saying like if my mother-in-law does not want to know now you guys all have to get tested and we all but but we get tested and we find out that we have it yeah yeah i mean like some people might resent that you've now kind of forced them to open that can of worms Mm -hmm. yeah yep yeah so it can strain relationships depending on how everybody feels about it you have to make difficult decisions about preventative measures Mm -hmm. i mean women are are having their breasts removed, yep, yep. you know, without any sign of cancer. Yeah. The feeling of inevitability that uh, mm-hmm. like that you'll get cancer, which is kind of what we talked about. Yep. I mean, obviously there's po- like, help me with the positives on this, Sarah. <sighs> well, like in Jamie's situation, it was positive for her because she was, it gave her a little bit of relief when it came back negative. Right. She didn't have to do yeah. chemotherapy. She at knew least. like she knew she had confirmed cancer and when she couldn't do the drugs physically because she had such a bad reaction, like mm-hmm. having stage one again, like I was talking about having that stage one where she was trying to decide, is cancer going to save my life or is is it preventative or, you know, what's going to happen here? And when they said negative on her her reveal test, like, OK, yeah. great. Well, right. now I get to move forward with that confidence. And, and I mean, it can feel good. Like so preventative measures, it is extreme, right, to mm-hmm. to amputate body parts and to have your ovaries removed and things like that. However, it can also be empowering. Yeah. Like I'm going to make this choice so that I can lead a full life and not have to worry about yeah. this hanging over my head. And, you know, also there are the people out there who would have like the feelings of anxiety, depression, overwhelm if they didn't have the test. Just thinking that it could be there and just like not. if you have this family history and you don't have a test, like if you don't but do that reveal or you don't get your genes, mm-hmm. re- like if you have a 50 50 chance of getting it, like there are some people who are like, I don't want to know. And right. then there are some people who are like, the unknown is freaking terrifying. But here's so the thing. they yeah. go get tested and, you know, maybe they do come back positive, but they're like, now I know. And but it, 
but here's the other side of this. There's a lot of uncertainty or concern that your result may not be a true negative result because like there are families, there are families that have cancer just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody in their family has gotten cancer or died from cancer. Uh They go get genetic testing and they say, oh, you don't have a gene that we know of. It doesn't change the fact that there's probably a genetic component there. That they don't know. That they don't know about. They just haven't discovered. So. I, I don't know. I, you know, we did this episode because we had a lot of check two women mm-hmm. that wanted to kind of talk about what it's and like. And I don't think we've talked about gene testing at all. So I, don't know I think that we have. No, I mean, we might have mentioned that we both got it and we were both negative, but I think it outside of that, quality like, of life, a, don't you? I, I mean, do. Yeah. I, I think that it's a big question mark in some families and some, you know, situations and people want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we kind of talk about what we want people to take away from this, let's hear from our last sponsor. It's important to have a primary care doctor that you can count on. At BJC Healthcare, world-class and compassionate primary care providers are ready to see you at offices close to home. And you can count on BJC to make it easy with convenient online scheduling, virtual visits, and direct messaging. To find a BJC primary care provider near you and to schedule an appointment online, visit bjc.org forward slash primary care. All right, we're back. Here, here's what I think people listening should should really contemplate. If you're going to do these tests, don't just like, you know, a lot of times doctors will kind of say it like very flippantly, like, oh, we'll just order this test and we'll see what it says and then we'll make a decision from there. Give yourself the space to think about how you'll respond. With either result. With either result. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I don't know that we give ourselves that emotional bandwidth to really think about if it comes back positive, yep. how will I feel about it? How will I live my life? And and if it comes back negative, same thing. I, I just think you have to know yourself, you know, because everybody's different. Yeah. For and sure. so it always goes back to this. You know yourself best. And yeah. so but don't rush into those tests, you know, without giving it some thought, because I I it does sound very like when they presented in the office, at least this is what it was like for me, that it's just like, oh, we'll just do gene testing. And it's like, OK. And then you just kind of like glaze over it. Mm-hmm. But I think it is worthy of taking a pause and thinking about that. Yeah. And, and and counseling about what those results could mean for your quality of life or your future is not often given. It's no. kind of like just offered like, oh, this will help inform our next move. But there's not a lot of time where somebody's like, let me have you sit down with somebody who can really explain to you what this might mean for you. Right. And you are well within your rights to ask for that before yeah. you do any tests. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Until next time, guys. See ya. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies.